What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Are you out of your mind? You're not even listening to me. I heard every word you said, Turtle, not one of which I like. Why not? Because Vince isn't going to be the face of some tequila company. He's not Aunt Jemima. You know, I could have just asked him, skipped right over you. And I appreciate that, but still, he just gave me 30 grand for your car service. The car service ain't working. I'm sorry about that. I know how hard you tried. Could you at least consider how hard I would try on this? Okay, um, I just got off the phone with Randall Wallace. Oh, how'd the meeting go? Not great. Vince brought Sasha. Come on. Yeah, and apparently he was drunk. Drunk? Vince? It's the Butt Stuff episode, baby bros. Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. Your boy is in an incredible mood. Steph Curry just dropped 50 points in Game 7. An NBA record. Love him or hate him. I, I love him. I don't know what else to say. I'm in a great mood. This is a great episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. We've got one of my favorite comedians from Chicago, Joe Tildallen, back on the Entourage podcast. Had him on for the season six premiere drive. He's back to discuss Sasha Gray, Mike Tyson, Jessica Simpson, Aaron Sorkin, and Ian Sloan trying anal for some reason. It's a super fun episode. Due to the Warriors, moving on to the next round against the Lakers, I'm going to have a bit of a break in the schedule. Here. So I probably won't have an episode up next Monday. Apologies. I will be going up to San Francisco for Game 2 on Thursday. It will put a bit of a taint in my schedule. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for rocking with me. We've got five more episodes to go in Season 7 and then eight to go in Season 8. We'll get them done, I promise. Enjoy this episode. It's a nice long one. And if you're looking for something to listen to, go back and listen to the previous 75-plus episodes of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. And don't forget to follow the social media accounts, at Oh Yeah Pod, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I will talk to you guys on Monday. Enjoy. My guest this week was our guest for the Season 6 premiere drive. He's the host of the Joe Tildallen podcast. He's one of the founding members of the very popular comedy show, Comedians You Should Know. And his stand-up special, I Didn't Say Anything Bad, is available now on YouTube. He's dialing in from Chicago, Illinois. Joe Tildallen, welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. Great to be here, Mr. Hickey. Love talking Entourage. You were a little sick last time we had you on, and you, 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 look, you look good. We were just talking. You, you, you got a little some stuff going yeah. on. You're struggling. So I don't, I don't <laughs> feel great, but I, I'm glad I look good. You know, I, I remember some famous, was it uh, Frank Sinatra once said, I'd rather look good than feel good, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah I won't, right. we, we won't bore anyone with the details, just the word stones. It might be in play. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah. yeah, man, I'm excited to be back on the podcast with you. I love the show entourage. I still do. I stick up for it in a lot of circles, which it shouldn't need to be stuck up for. Cause it was undeniably a fantastic show. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're at season seven now. Do you get watching the later points. seasons? I'm ne- I'm I'm rarely rewatching these. This is all still kind of new to me. Okay, but cool. as I'm rewatching, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that this happens in this episode. But now that I've you know watched it so closely for this pod, like I can see the roadmap, and I'm going, oh man, is this is the episode where like we're at the precipice of Vince just like crashing and burning really quickly. Yeah. And so when you've I've seen the seeds planted throughout season six and seven, and now we are right there, man. The the car is headed towards the brick wall. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have fun with it. This is a this is a fun episode in, in terms of like there's a lot going on that we can unpack. I don't know if it's the funnest episode of Entourage, but it is episode five of season seven 
Bottoms Up. It originally aired August 1st, 2010. I asked you this last time, but this is for early season six. Where were you on this date? Where were you in August of 2010, Joe? Oh, damn. August of 2010. Shit. I would have been 25 going on 26. And I was probably doing comedy in summer, Chicago. I was, it was Sunday night, actually. I was probably watching Entourage. Um, I was probably watching this live when it came out. Or I was at Shuba's open mic, yeah. which yeah. was the big open yeah. mic on Sundays in Chicago. I was probably. What about Will's? Was Will's open yet? Will's, I think, came out maybe around that time, maybe the next year or two. Will's yeah. was up. Will's yeah. is still going. Joe Fernandez hosted. Wow. I don't know if you remember Joe Fernandez. Yeah, I remember. Joe. Yeah, yeah, so I was probably at Shuba's at Belmont and South Point, Chicago, summer night, bullshitting outside. Those are some of my favorite nights as comedians, standing outside whatever venue you're performing and then just, you know, dicking around with uh, other comedians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was 2010 was a fun year, if I remember. Every year in my 20s was fun. Things get obviously more serious in your life as you get older, but uh, it, was a, it was a good time um, in the world in 2010, I feel like. You're having fun now. We're both having fun now as married men. You have kids. I don't. It's just a different type of fun, right? No, it's still great. I love it. For those of you out there who are in your 20s who are listening to this and those of you in your 30s or whatever, it's, it is a different type of fun, right? It is. But I just meant like when you get older, the, there's there's things that happen in your life that, you know, it, it doesn't even dawn on you in your 20s, nor should it, right? Nor yeah. should it. Yeah. And that's what we love about the show Entourage. It was such a great escape. Part of me wishes they'd bring it back. I did a rewatch. I think we talked about in the last one I was on where I did a rewatch during the pandemic. I think I rewatched about 12 comedies that I've loved from start to finish and Entourage made the list. And part of me is like, I think they could bring it back. But then some people are like, nah, it's played out. I'm like, I don't know. I think if there's been enough time, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just wishing. They tend to bring things back. And when they do, people don't like it as much. That's the problem. I haven't heard of one. That, and they brought it back and it went great. I haven't heard of people loving the last couple seasons of Rest of Development or the, you know, any any of those. They're rebooting Frasier. Frasier's coming uh, back. Yeah. What is that going to be? I, He'll have a podcast. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It is hard pressed for to make it right. And it's been seven years for Entourage. Almost eight years because 2015 was yeah. the Entourage yeah. movie. That's what I'm dating it back to. I mean, the series ended in what 2011, so it would be it would it would be tough to do. You're right. Uh, the first season of Roseanne, everyone loved, and then they got rid of Roseanne and changed the show. <laughs> so that's uh, highly unlikely. I don't even think the actors who are not who are in Entourage would all be about coming back anyway. I think they've all moved on. I think some of them are still stuck in the past. I'll leave it at that. But uh, you know, Jerry Ferrara, who's a guest here, like loves looking back fondly, and like you know, we'll revisit whenever he want, whenever we want, and you know, we we thanked him for that. He's great. Uh, he was great in this episode. This episode, as you said, wasn't the most like the funnest, but it was uh, yeah. it was your standard HBO series setup episode. Meaning, yes. which is a lot of things like that. You know, Ted Lasso is really popular right now. They'll have a whole episode sure. where it's like this was all set up for next week. Uh, you feel a little cheated as a fan, but you also understand in the grand scheme. That's part of why we love shows like this and why we can't wait to watch every week. Um, yeah, it was a lot of setup. Like you're saying, Vince, uh, well, Turtle, you know, he's, yeah. he's not on his own, but the car service isn't working, but he gets a taste of this tequila. And now it's getting exciting with that. Then there's a lot of agency drama, you know. Some good stuff. We'll get into it. But before we do that, I'd like to do a little time capsule. And this is, of course, specific for my desk. You and I are both Chicago Cubs fans. We were just talking. They're five, maybe six games over 500 right now. When you guys are listening to this in two weeks, they might be, you know, they might be right back down to earth. <laughs> but in 2010, in August of 2010, it was the exact halfway point of the Chicago Cubs 2010 season in which they finished 
with a 75 and 87 record. Good for second to last place in the NL Central. This same week that this episode aired was the MLB trade deadline and some familiar faces were leaving the Cubs. We were saying goodbye to some guys we knew and loved then. Do you want to name some of them or do you want me to tell you who they are? I could tell you. August of 2010. All right. 2011 season was horrible. That was the Mike Quaddy year. And then 2012 was Theo's first year. So I believe Lou Pinella quit halfway through or, or right around this time, didn't he? He was. It was a year later. He quit in 2011. Oh, he quit in 2011? Yes. Wow. I'm so in terms of players who we who left us. So like the players from the. No, I get that, but I I could have sworn Lou didn't finish his final season, and Mike Quaddy got one full year of being a manager, and there's no way that was in 2012. Anyway, maybe it was in. Nope. You know, it was 2011. I was looking at it. Earlier. I mean, I, I can pull it up and look. But so we said goodbye to Ted Lilly. Ted Lilly, I know. Derek Lee. Ryan Terrio. Yeah. Yep. And then one more French guy, French last name. Oh, Mike Fontenot. Fontenot, correct. Yep. We traded them all in this week in, in back in time. So uh, those are those are the guys, man. Those were those were those were tough to say goodbye. Derek Lee was pretty not washed, but he was like, you know, eternally injured at that point. But we had some good years, obviously. We did a lot of great years with him. Um, I remember those Cubs, and then we'll get back to Entourage because we don't want to bore your listeners with Cubs stuff. Um, the uh, the Cubs of Jim Hendry's era always waited too long to trade some people, I mm-hmm. feel like. And then some people could claim that you know Theo and Jed kind of made the same mistake last time around. Different circumstances, though. Because I remember after a 2008 season, Derek Lee did not have that great a year. We had mm-hmm. Ramos Ramirez and Soriano had some big seasons. Derek Lee was like such a great player and, and a great human being from what everything I've heard about him, but he was Mr. Double play. He was grinding into so many double yep. plays. And I'm like, you know what? How about we trade him now? Move Mark DeRosa from super utility to first base every day. That's right. And then, you know, that'll open up that spot for Fontenot, who was like Mr. Off the bench. Fontenot had yep. some pop little second baseman, but he wasn't getting regular playing time. And the Cubs remember they were just way too right-handed, which is why they got carved up in the playoffs they ran in 08, they ran to a Dodgers team that was good, oh, yeah. but they were all right-handed pitching. And our lineup was all right-handed with the exception of Jim Edmonds, essentially. Fukudome was terrible in the second half that year, so he was really a non-factor. And then they were trying to find at-bats for Fontenot, but then that would you'd lose DeRosa for that. So it was kind of like a tough, you know, there's no DH in that now back then. That's right. Jim Edmonds, who was just recently on the season six finale of Entourage, he appeared with LeBron James on the tarmac wishing Vinny and Matt Damon. Remember that scene? Like, I do remember that scene. scene. I don't remember Jim Edmonds was in that scene. Wow. Yeah. He gets a call out. He kind of just strolls by, but you know, uh, it, there's a lot of celebrity cameos in that episode. And there are a lot of celebrity cameos in this episode that we're doing today. So always good to talk Cubs with you, Joe, but let me do a quick recap of this week's episode. It's not quick. So grab yourself a drink, a glass of water, whatever it may be. So Vince is chatting up a woman at the club while the guys looked on. It is Sasha Gray, the porn star turned actress. And when conversation turns to anal sex, the guys encourage E to try it before he's married. Ari works out his anger about Lizzie while having sex with his wife, which only makes Mrs. Ari angry. The next morning, Sasha makes pancakes for Vince and Turtle, who serves them avion tequila. Vince lights the tequila and encouraged Turtle mates plans to talk to E about Vince promoting the product. Bob Saget ambushes E at his office. He's pissed that E had been ignoring him and that it was his friend John Stamos who sent him a script. He plans to do the show and possibly fire Eric. Anxious to protect his clients from Lizzie, Ari chats up Mike Tyson, who wants to do his own series. And then to win back Jessica Simpson, Ari and Lloyd present her with a new dog to replace the one that died a year ago. E dibs drama the bad news that Saget is partnering with Stamos and distraught drama confronts Saget, who reveals Roger J., the writer, sent the script to everyone. The script wasn't written specifically for drama. 
And when Turtle tries to sell him on the Tatila idea for Vince, E says no. Drunk off the Tatila, Vince and Sasha meet with Randall Wallace and Stan Lee to discuss Airwalker. Later, Randall Wallace complains that Vince showed up drunk and with a porn star. Andrew Sorkin is unresponsive to Ari's hustle. He prefers Lizzie. And when Jester Simpson arrives at the office wanting the dog, she hits it off with Sorkin. Ari gets the two to commit to the Miller Gold Agency, and Simpson gets the poodle to Lloyd's dismay. E then tells drama that the network is sold on Sadit and Stamos, and the idea or the TV show is gone. Ari and Mrs. Ari's reconciliation is interrupted by a phone call from Amanda Davis. Amanda warns Ari she'll help Lizzie take him down because Lizzie's been keeping a journal of everything Ari said. E and Sloane try anal sex and decide against it. And at the end, Vince calls a still-recovering E to say that he's backing Turtle's tequila idea. After all that, Joe, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? I, I mean, I did think it was funny. One of the first scenes when all the guys are like, that's Sasha Gray. <laughs> Vince is, you know, that's... She's a famous porn star. She's the anal queen. Oh, but now she was in a Soderbergh movie. So now she thinks she's real shit or whatever, you know? And so they're like, should we tell him? Should we tell him? Should we tell him? And of course he knew. Like, you know, he was like, this is Sasha. I, you know, he knew exactly what she did for a living. And Vince didn't care. Because that was like the thing with Vince that I always thought was pretty great. Although eh, people will find out later with this season. But at the time, I remember being like, of course, why would he give a shit? Why would he give a shit? He's Vince. It's Vinny Chase. Yeah. Right, he's not intimidated that she's been with a million other dudes and has gotten paid for it. Right, he's been with a million girls. We've yeah. seen him get with a, two new girls every episode, most likely. So yeah, so no skin off his back. But um, as far as scenes, um, you know, Ari had a few good ones with Mike Tyson. I thought it was funny where he talked about how you know Mike Tyson's whole thing is I want to rebuild my image and everything like that. Which every now and then it is funny that people forget the dude did time for rape. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. Yep. people tend to forget that. But he's so funny in the hangover joke. <laughs> yeah, it's just always forgiven, right? Yep. <laughs> and so um when he says, like, I want to rebuild my image, I want to do like a, yeah. a you know, a Brady bunch. A Brady bunch or like a modern Brady bunch. And it's like, oh, cool. So when the kids do something wrong, you can bite their ear off. Tyson <laughs> did not look happy about that line. Um so I'll give Tyson credit for at least being cool with the writers throwing that in there. Sure. You know, yeah. A little sense of humor about himself is good. Um, but yeah, th that probably those were two scenes that stuck out a lot. Um, a lot of the episode was some good setup. Bob Saget always seemed to be pretty strong in every appearance he made. made oh, yeah. Kind of sad yeah. that he's dead. I meant to ask you if you ever performed with him or like cross paths with him in LA. I saw him at the Laugh Factory Hollywood once. I was up in the balcony. I think I was doing the 10 o'clock show on a Thursday and he was on the earlier one popping in or something like that. So I just saw him there and get to like shake his hand or anything like that. I've, I've known a handful of people who have worked with him and they all said great things about him and all that. Yeah. Um, sometimes with his appearances on, on the show, I love most of them, but every now and then it's like, man, they're really overdoing the, him being a, just a scumbag, you know, <laughs> the very first appearance is still my favorite. And I thought one of the best it's all time. Season three, I think season yep. three, he was perfect in that. You know, he's flexing. called neighbors. Yes. Yep. He's flexing his money. He's, he's totally open with, yeah, I, I I've got five houses. I I'll, I'm paying for sex all the time. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like that. He was just, it was great. Um, anybody next spot guy. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like, funny. Nope. Did, did I? <laughs> yeah. Cause even then, even that line was perfect too, because he, he was like, I'm rich as shit. I pay. Like, I don't care that I pay for sex. But I also, can you, will you be my friend? Can you be yeah, my friend? Please, I, I'm a little lonely. Yeah. That guy, I, I would love to have known what his net worth was. I know those celebrity net worth websites are usually pretty far off, but yeah. think about it. Full house, major syndication money there. 
America's Funniest Videos, major syndication. Oh and he had to been getting a pretty top dollar fee at the time because Full House was so popular. That's how he got that gig. Mm-hmm. Easy gig for an actor because the scenes are all generated. He just introduces them. They probably banged out yeah. four or five episodes a day. And they probably had a writer's room just writing all of his ad libs. And he just had to sit, stand up there and, you know, riff. That yeah. was the first, that was Tosh.0 before Tosh.0. That was, it was all of this. It yeah. was. Tosh.0, which is a show I was a production assistant on. Oh, I know that. Yep. Acknowledge. He acknowledges. He's like, yeah, we're a ripoff of Talk Soup in America's Funniest Videos. You know, that that's two style there. And then he's the the narrator for How I Met Your Mother, which also did like yeah. nine seasons. So yep. big bucks that guy had. Um, it was funny that when Johnny loses it and shows up <laughs> and says, like, I'm going to beat your ass. Come down here and take your beating. And he's got a baseball bat. He's banging like off the cement. And, um, he, you know, Bob seems legitimately like, sorry, drama about this. But yeah. John and like, you know, the writer didn't really write it for you. He just says that. And the girl that's with Stamos, I can give you a blowjob if it makes you happy. Like in my brain, there's always Entourage and Californication were two shows I loved, but they both would have one scene here or there where you're like, that would never happen in real <laughs> Nobody would do that. Well, this whole this whole episode, none of this would happen. And the, this clip and with all these people, but that is where it does not crosses the line, just goes too far out of the you know the fantasy or the reality of the show. So that's my favorite moment is drama with the baseball bat in the driveway threatening because that's a callback to like drama's done this. Yes, he beat the the shit out of the guy's car on the PCH with like East Callaway. They went in season five to some producer's house and threw some fish and some fucking you know broke some windshields because Vince got screwed out of a out of a dead. It's it's good. It's a nice callback. And you're right. Like Sagitt is genuinely like apologetic. He invites him in for falafel or something like that. He's Kebabs. like, hey, come on in. We got. To Bob's, thank you. He's like, come on in. We got human on the way or something like that. And uh, it's nice. The blowjob offer is, is silly. I didn't get a laugh I, out of me. It's but. funny. I mean, yeah, it's more it's more funny ridiculous because as she says that, Bob even looks at her like, what are you? Why would you? Aren't you with me? You're up on my balcony with me. Why are yeah, you offering? Exactly. And she's like, I'm just trying to make it feel better. Like, yeah. like that's like a natural thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I can see like, come on up. I'll, I'll give you a shoulder rub. Like, even that would be weird, but it's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like. So she's just offering this C-level celebrity who's a threatening to pick a bat to all the cars, one of which was yeah. hers, a beach, just because I want to make you feel better. Like, I just, hey, I love that existence. She, maybe she's one of the aforementioned women that Sadit pays for sets and she's like, maybe I can get, you know, I'm, I'm just on the clock right now. This is what I do. I offer up BJ's. Yeah, maybe when Joey Gladstone comes over, she gives him <laughs> a Hummer and that's just part of being Bob Saget's friend. And she thought that <laughs> offer extended to people wheeling baseball bats in the driveway. Get down here, Bob, and take your beating. Rami, you're acting insane. Put the bat down. Yeah, leave him alone. Bob is a good man. Yeah, a good man who's trying to steal my life. I didn't steal anything. Oh, yeah? Guy writes a script for me, and you just swoop in and take it? Now get down here before I start smashing cars! Please don't hit the Volkswagen. That one is mine. Who says he wrote it for you? Roger J says. The writer? I know Roger, drama. He told that to everybody. He gave it to me six months ago. I just never opened it. Yeah, right. Come inside. We'll call Roger together. I'll prove it to you. Are you kidding? My hand to God. Jesus Christ. I'll give you a blowjob if it'll make you feel better. What? I'm just trying to make him feel better. I've got Soonan coming in for lunch. Great kebabs. I don't want kebabs, Bob. I want a life. I'm sorry, drama. 
I really am. What was your favorite bros being bros moment of the episode? And this is just like moments of male friendship. You kind of mentioned like them recognizing the porn stars. Yeah. Fair, bros being bros. That was pretty much my favorite bros being bros moment right there. Um, just to be different. I don't know if it was a favorite moment. It was, it was a bro moment, even though I didn't love it because when the porn star thing was the best, but when he brings James Khan with him, to that was in this Scotty episode Khan. right yep scott Kahn. sorry Khan. scott Kahn. Yeah. it would be really impressive that'd be really cool if it yeah was <laughs> uh so scott Kahn, who he's working at the management agency with he brings him along to go talk to ari about the great deal that he's getting vince with the randall wallace movie it's a different it's a different episode is it a different episode yeah yeah, yeah i'm sorry you, no told, dude you're good they blend together guys that's everyone, the thing you watch these and you keep watching them you keep watching them i it's feel so bad though everyone i told jr right before we did the podcast <laughs> that i watched two episodes in a row because um the this episode that we're talking about right now bottoms up was such a setup episode that i was like well, i gotta watch the next one all right sorry i screwed that up then then definitely um yeah the best part was the them just with the porn star thing because i i had a thing when I first moved to Los Angeles, a quick little anecdote, can we can get back to the episode? My first weekend in LA, my wife and I were at Ikea, you know, we just moved in, we got to get furniture. Sure. And no bullshit, I saw two porn stars shopping in Ikea. It's happened to me too. Yes. And it's happened to a lot of people who live in LA. You have that moment where you're like, where the fuck do I know her from? <laughs> you know, that, that, and that's, so yeah. So when all the guys immediately, well, first they knew, and then one was like, where do I know her from? And then that whole thing. And that's like, do you tell your boy? Nah, let him figure it out. Like that kind of thing. So I like the, that that's the moment. That's the bros being bros moment for the episode. But I like the continuation of that where they start talking about anal sex and they just start kind of like scoreboarding each other. Like, have you done it? Turtles like, I've never done it. And like, they all start pressuring E that he has to do it before he gets married, which is just like a stupid guy, like pile on thing. No, no man has to have anal sex before he's married, but they're in there in a way they're like, you got to check that off the list, man. And it's. There's a little bit of peer pressure. It's super fun. It's a funny, well-written scene. And then towards the end of it, and this is very bros being bros, Turtle says, like, I'm all set. I got a girl lined up. And they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm working on something. And they're like, how are you working on it? And he's like, well, we made out all night. And Scott Condos, you made out all night? Where? At the freshman dance? Like, it's yeah. just, it's a thing where, like, a, a guy saying to his other group of friends that we made out all night after a certain age doesn't fly it actually sounds kind of pathetic so that's what's so funny about that scene yeah it, it does sound pretty and you got to bust chops there too because he's being all confident and it's like you, yeah you kissed for a long time okay that was scott Khan had a good line there yeah he had a couple he had some good good quips he's he's always been like our sits man mvp of every episode is he's funny he just he just sprinkled in enough scotty Khan, scotty lavin is the character's name but one quick interaction, he's like, E, you got to do it with a civilian drill. Get out of your system. And E's like, it's not my system, so let's move on. And Drama goes, I'd actually like to stay right here, E. And he just kind of brings the conversation back to anal sex. All E wants to do is like, stop talking about my fiance and her asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Drama's like, nah, we're going to stay here firmly for the next three minutes and talk about it. It's fucking hilarious. That's a classic drama right there, too. Yeah. How do I know that girl bitch is talking to her? No clue, I've never seen her. Sure you have. That's Sasha Gray. The porn star? Oh, uh, yeah. But she did Soderbergh's movie, so she's legit now. I read for that. Yo, boys. Hey. 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 Thank you all for the invite out with the eternal crew. It means a lot to me. Now that he can tolerate you. You hear from Stamos? No, you believe it? Guy probably hasn't even read the script yet. It's 40 pages. How long could it take? Relax, Charlie. If he doesn't call you by tomorrow, I'll call him. Thanks, Nick. Where's Vince? At the bar, talking to Sasha Gray. 
No. The anal specialist. Oh, my God. You think Vince knows who she is? No way. Maybe we should tell him. He'll find out later. Way more fun coming from her. Actions do speak louder than words. Oh, God. I better ass sings opera. <laughs> I've never done the ass. Really? Oh, you should. Oh, is it that great? Are you kidding? Vagina's my third favorite hole, bro. Nice. What about you, E? None of your business. That's a no. You an ass virgin, E? Yeah, Drama, unlike you, my ass remains untouched. E, you've got to try it at least once before you get married. You have to. Nah, Sloane's not that kind of girl. And I mean that in a good way. I'm not talking about Sloan. You gotta find, like, a civilian broad. You know what I mean? Get it out of your system. It's not in my system, so let's move on. I'd like to stay right here for a second, eh? And I say this with all due respect. Look, and if it's about Sloane or her ass, please don't say anything at all. You gotta do it before you get married. You wait 10 years to ask, she's gonna think it's because you're not happy. Why don't you guys just worry about the ass you're not getting? <laughs> I'm getting closer by the minute. With what? A cute girl. Tell him. Yeah, she's cute, but he ain't getting any closer. We made out all night. <laughs> what are you... You made out all night where? At the freshman dance? It was a business meeting that turned into a makeout session. A business he won't tell us anything about. You'll hear about it soon enough. What was your least favorite moment? I have a few, if I'm being honest, but you can start if you want. God, there, there is a couple that kind of stood out a little bit. I've never been the biggest fan of Ari in positions of begging. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? um, because his whole role is like, I know this town better than anybody, um, and you'd be stupid not to be with me. So just to see him kind of like um, kiss an ass to Jessica Simpson, who I had to remind myself was still a fairly big deal at this point. Oh yeah. You know, like now, yeah. now, yeah, now he would have fired her. She's badging you know? Ari. He yeah. would have fired her a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I guess I would have to say, here's the specific scene. I didn't like, um, and I hope I didn't confuse the episodes again. I'm so sorry. I should never do this. Watch two episodes in a row again. Uh, when he was initially mad about Vince uh, being the face of Avion, Evion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, because it's like, I just thought at that point in the series, I'm like, we're on season seven now. That's true. Could we have one time where he's not immediately like, what the fuck, Turtle? You have to run it by me. Like, you know, just Turtle's grown up a little bit. We, we've known totally. that. So they did kind of fix it when they had the man to man a little bit where it's like, come on, man, I'm not fucking around anymore. This isn't, this isn't back when I'd put Vince's face on a flyer just to get free money at the door of a party. We weren't going to go to good callback nice to call the back, right? season three, a three B premiere. I think Vince's birthday party, yeah, birthday the, party, yacht. which also had, um, that one agent who Amanda Daniels, Amanda she's Daniels. at the end of, she's at the end of this episode. She made some appearance. We haven't seen Carla Gugino, the actress in a while. Looking good, man. Uh, also, I gotta say. Always looks good. So yeah, Ari Bedding, it's not a good look for him. I think you're supposed to understand that like, oh, uh, but you know, he's in this position of power in Hollywood, but like his wife is in the ultimate position of power in his life, right? This whole season starts the uh, downward spiral with him and uh, Mrs. Ari. I'm going to say my least favorite moments is that we see two moments of characters having sex in this episode that we didn't need to see have sex. It's first... Mr. Uh, Ari and Mrs. Ari and he's like humping her violently and she's like what are you doing and it's like what the fuck am I what and he's like I'm just so mad baby sorry baby I'm thinking about Lizzie Grant and she's like you're thinking about someone else while having sex with me it's very bad sitcom comedy in my opinion ow ow sorry baby why are you so angry do I seem angry I'm sorry I am a little bit angry baby it's, it's Lizzie Grant 
You were thinking about her while you were having sex with you me? You think I'm happy about it? Do you have some confession to make or something? What? No, she's going after my clients is all. <laughs> Do you really think that she's a viable candidate to replace you? Well, since the merger and now at the NFL, I've, I've neglected some of them. Yeah, you've been neglecting some other people too. Who? Are you kidding me? Baby, we were just having sex. You were having sex. Oh, that's what marriage is for, so you can bang out your anger. Oh, my God. That's, you, you, I'm sure you've done it to me, baby. You can't just leave me like this. Come on! How am I gonna work? Work yourself, Ari. And then the la second to last scene of this episode, Joe, where Ian Sloan are having anal sex is so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable, It is like, yeah. what is this doing in an Entourage episode? Yeah. And she's like... Stop. Be careful. I'm just like, I don't want to see Sloan in this position. I don't want to see E like being all apologetic. This is just not, this is not what Entourage is about. It's, what am I supposed to relate to this in some way? I, I, I hated it. It was, it was very uncomfortable. Because yeah, what made it uncomfortable too is because Sloan is just so sweet. Yes. So beautiful. And she's one of the few characters that is kind of pure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not, she didn't really need a lot of character arc because she yeah. was already established as being like, oh, this woman, even though she grew up with a silver spoon, has her shit together, you know? And she was so good for E. And you always rooted for them. There'd be times where you're like, what the fuck are you doing, E? You're, you could go on a flight with them next week. Don't get on the plane, stupid ass. Like, there's always those moments. So you don't want to see her in pain yeah. from anal sex <laughs> with Kevin Connolly. <laughs> And that's not a dig on Kevin. I look like him, but taller. Um, so, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I just thought like their relationship, you know what it is? It's like, we talk about bros being bros and, and it's obviously the most quintessential bro show, but, uh, and there are cool things about being a bro, but yeah. you, there's always that line where it's like, oh, dude, I, I don't want to hear about you and your wife. You know, yeah, no, that was course. his fiance. That's off limits. That's off yeah. limits. So even as a viewer, I remember being like, this isn't even enjoyable. None of, neither of them look like they're having fun with it. She's doing it because she feels like it's a bucket list thing. And she's just so sweet. I wanted to be like, take it out of her, young man. Okay? <laughs> Put that there. She doesn't like it. You go, you take a shower, you come back, and you pleasure her the way she should be pleasured. All right? Take a good shower. Candlelight. <laughs> and you make it all about her. You take the best shower you've ever taken. Because I, I just love her. She's such a sweetheart. I've already disappointed enough people today. We don't have to do this. Don't move. It says, I move, you stay. I'm staying. You sure we shouldn't go back and spend a little more time on step one? Shut up. Sorry. Is it in? Yes. You sure? Shh. Are you kidding? What? I just want you to take your time. I don't want to bug you. Focus. What do you mean? Ow! Seriously? We are strangling it. Deal. We are going to do this. We don't have to. <sighs> don't be a pussy. Ow, motherfucker. Oh, my God. I am so sorry. Why did you do that? Well, you called me a pussy. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. I like your vagina. Is that so wrong? <laughs> no. Oh my god, I need another shot. Pour me one too. You sure you're okay? Uh, no. <laughs> Here's your phone. I'll be lying here recovering. <laughs> so it's both of those scenes, the, the awkward sex scene between those, those four. 
we always talk about our most entourage moment of an episode. So what what, what do we think? I'll, I'll let me let me start on this one. It's just all the cameos. This Avion Tatila plot kind of starts this insane run of cameos over the remaining. There's only like twelve episodes left of the show, Joe. This becomes like really distracting. There's three or five major cameos in this. And by the end of this season, there were like almost 10 cameos an episode where the most popular thing to do in Hollywood was to be in an episode of Entourage, even if you didn't fit, even if you didn't really have a place or couldn't act. And it's just, it's already becoming distracting. So that to me is the most Entourage moment. It's like, here we go. Like, here come all the cameos for the last 12 to 13 episodes of the show. It wasn't too distracting this episode, but it's getting there in my opinion. That's a very good call. Uh, that's the most entourage of entourage moments. Another one is just anything where you have, they have to console Johnny. Um, yeah. Vince told Johnny, Hey, I'll pay for your mortgage. Um, or did I, or am I messing up the episodes again? You're messing that Mother. one up. <laughs> well, this would be fun for the listeners to be like, man, Joe's a moron. Everyone who's listening to this pod has seen the show. I, mean, uh, not, like, I know. I just feel anything. bad. Yeah. Um, Don't worry about it. God, they blended in so well. These two episodes. So uh, they might as well have been bottoms up part one and part two. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you said it well with that. Just, I think the, the cameo thing with Ari, um, just Lloyd with the dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ari just using good. any low-level trick he could do. Yeah. The, the idea that, like, Jessica Simpson, I know you lost your dog. I got you a new one. And she's like, I lost my dog a year ago. Like, <laughs> that's how, like, just disconnected he was. Um, and you're right. The cameo was cameo-heavy. Mike Tyson, Aaron Sorkin. Remember when Aaron Sorkin first popped down? I'm like, all right, I get it. They can't do all actors and musician you know what i mean so now they have to show the other side of hollywood which is you know if you're that guy's agent i mean we were talking about bob saget money aaron sorkin i mean that guy's had five six television series done about eight or ten movies like he everything he writes seems to turn into uh a big they're movie. talking about the social network trailer and it's the biggest movie of his career it's an oscar-winning film and they're talking about it as if it just it hasn't happened yet yeah it's incredible the, yeah the, the trailer had just come out they said i mean he's done Moneyball. Yeah. he was on the heels yeah. of the west wing which is a big hit show yeah i mean so uh, but that was very, you're right. The, the cameos really, they really ran him up this, these last two seasons. I don't know if it was a bucket list for a lot of actors. Like, we got to get on before this show goes off the air. I don't have to be involved. Yes. I don't know why you're being so aggressive. Well, I'm just, is Andrew coming back? Have we not had a good six months without him? Just answer the fucking question. No, he's not coming back. He is a coke fiend sex addict who wrote checks out of this company's account to buy hookers. So no, he will never work here again. Addiction's a disease. You have no sympathy. I have sympathy. I'm just trying to help your career. Your career's in great shape. Well, but it's gotten even better since you got here, right? Like that Lizzie. Well, don't, because she's bad news. If I'm going to have an agent, why can't I have one who's attractive and bright and attractive? You know she's not going to fuck you, right? I'm certain that's not what I meant. You know she fucked Andrew. Seriously? That's what caused his whole spiral. It wasn't the drugs. It was her evil pussy that lured him in. That's why I have no sympathy. I know, but you're still a douche, and I don't need your help getting work or laid. Where'd she go? She go to UTA? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Ari, Jessica Simpson's here. Right now? Yes, what should I tell her? Uh, tell, tell her I'll be with her in one second. Okay. I'm glad I'm leaving, that way you don't have to end my meeting early for a pop star. She acts as well, by the way. She looks great, she looks perfect, and she's single. You know what John Mayer said about her? No, I don't, and you're an animal. Sexual napalm, you love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. All right. Jessica! You changed your mind. I'm working on her, Ari. Go. 
can't stop thinking about the dog. I want him. Come in, come in. I want you to meet someone. Jessica, this is the great Aaron Sorkin. Hi, it's really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I saw the previews for The Social Network. It looks great. Oh, it's really nice of you to say it. It's actually more than Ari's had to say about it. What are you talking about? I'm now on Facebook because of you. I got 600 friends, and John Mayer's not one of them. How many of those friends actually like you, Ari? I've set the over-under at none. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you two play off each other really well. I say you kids go to dinner and possibly you write something serious for her, like Mariah and Precious, only she's younger and Southern. It'll be amazing. I may have a better idea. Are you free? Yeah, absolutely. I want the dog. I want a commitment from both of you that you will stay with this agency. For now. Where's the dog? Lloyd! Lines or quotes? Do you have any favorites? I've got a couple here. I can start throwing them out if you want. Yeah, let me hear a couple of yours first. Scott Lavin is looking at Sasha Gray and Vince talking. And he goes, Dad, I bet her ass sings the opera. <laughs> Which is, again, like a TV line, but coming out of Scotty Lavin's mouth with, the, with his slicked back hair and like his, you know, tight dress shirt, it, it works. And then that brutal phone call where Sloan calls E and is like, I found your Oh, this was mine I was going to use. You're, you're using mine, aren't you? Damn. Go, well, go. the one I was going to say was Bob Saget. So he's talking to her. And then, because she discovers that he was Googling how to do anal sex. Does he not know how to clear his search history? He's, it's 2010. He, he doesn't. And especially a guy who's always getting caught doing shit that she doesn't like. <laughs> Constantly he's getting caught doing shit that could be misconstrued. You'd think he'd gotten yeah. a little quicker with the clear history. He's on the phone. He's like, can we talk about this later? And she gets like, oh my God, are you on speaker? And it's like, no, you fucking idiot. Like, why would I be? How dumb do you think I am? He thought he was the dumbest person sometimes. Yeah. But then he gets off the phone, and Bob Saget's like, "We guys talking about ass sex?" Like, <laughs> he just he read between the lines. He just so the way he just said it, and part of me thinks he would have said it anyway. Like, he, I yeah. think Bob Saget's the type of guy who didn't. He probably didn't even hear a word they were saying, but just yeah. that's where his brain goes. What are we talking about ass sex? Yeah. Um, I probably could deliver that line a little bit more. He'd say that after any conversation. Sloan's on the phone. We tell her to call her back, please. She sounds a little freaked out. Gotta take this, Bobby, and how it is. Oh, please be my guest. Hello, everything okay? This is awkward. What is? I, I wasn't snooping. I was just on looking for a registry and happened to see your search history on the computer. Yeah, and? Did you Google anal sex? Uh, I mean, I, I hope it was for me and not someone else, because. Well, yeah, I mean, of course it was for you. I just, uh, you know, I. But maybe, maybe you wanted to try it. E, we've tried it once. You couldn't look at me. You just kept patting me on the head, saying you were sorry. Well, yeah, I know. I thought, I thought maybe we were doing it wrong, so I, I googled the steps. Yeah, I read that. Eric, uh, uh Sloan, uh, I have a Bob Saget in my office. Oh my God, am I on speaker? No, but can we, uh, can we talk about this tonight? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I might be hiding from you tonight. Okay, I <laughs> love you. Bye. <laughs> love you. Were you just talking about ass sex or something? But you're right. Scotty Lavin's line was great. And now I'm remembering why I liked him initially on the show. Because he did remind me of his character from Varsity Blues. Oh, God, it's been so Twitter long. Tweeter or something? What was the name? Yeah. No, Tweet. Tweet. Twi twi yeah. Teeter? Maybe? Something like that, right? I remember he had all those lines. He was the cocky wide receiver. Um, she looks like she, you know, thought of, I want to suck your dick tree and hit every branch on the tweeter. way down. It's a yeah. tweeter. Yeah, there you go. How can you be a wide receiver when you're five, six? <laughs> Hollywood, baby. Hollywood. Yep, that's right. That's, yep. you know, 
how can you be an action star when you're Tom Cruise, right? That's but real. he's great at it, though. I think actually, Tom Cruise is actually a pretty good action star. Yeah, there are some stuff in Hollywood that always makes you shake your head where it's like nobody would be afraid of you in real life. I don't care how yep. tough you're getting right now. That's just not happening. I'll give them credit, though, at least with uh, E's character. They did establish him as being like, you know, a tough kid from Queens. Though yeah. so I could see him handling himself in Hollywood pretty, pretty well. You know, yeah, he was totally. short, he was short, but he was spunky, you know, and it worked for me because then um, this is a true story. When Entourage, I missed season one of Entourage. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it came out eight episodes it was quick 2004 i think i was yep. freshman in college or uh yeah freshman in college and i remember people going like oh this show's so great and i didn't see it. and the season two was on the horizon and so i'm like oh i gotta try to start watching this so i actually saw the season two premiere and then I had to go back to like watch hbo on demand when on demand was a big thing and catch up on the episodes but right when i was doing that i actually watched rocky five because i was talking to a friend about how dude i saw rocky five once I can't remember it at all, but is it really that shitty? Because everyone's talking about how Rocky Five was the worst at the time. A young, like 10-year-old. Yeah, very young. You must be 10 years old. Kevin Conley is in Rocky Five, where he plays a tough kid pushing around Rocky's son. So for whatever reason, and that's also set, it was set in Philadelphia, which has an East Coast yeah. New York vibe to it as well, you know? So I remember just thinking to myself, like, I guess, yeah, I can see him playing that. I can see him playing, like, you know, tough Irish kid, more up in, like, you know, Queens talking shit and just learning how to be scrappy because he had to be but when we've seen him in fights and we've also seen the other characters be like yeah he could fight you know they've, they've yeah. and we, in that vegas episode which was one of the best episodes of the series drama however always throws down so like you know, often it's them talking shit and then drama comes over top and is like let's go and and so he's like that older brother protector role that's another bros being bros thing like he's always the one ready to throw down he will talk kind of a big game he always is like you want to go to people you want to go right now should we take this outside and drama will just hit somebody so and those and that's those are your two friends right that's the dichotomy of like you got the guy who'll just hit someone and the guy who will talk a big game uh, before they hit someone or or not hit somebody well he's obviously in management for that reason (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) you you threat you want the threat of violence to be in the air but it's like i actually have some shit to lose you know it's like absolutely where you know johnny's used to losing things (laughs) And he's got the safety net that is his movie star brother. Let's talk about cameos. We've talked a, a bit about Saget. We haven't talked about Sasha Gray. This is the beginning of the Sasha Gray thing. Let me do my Sasha Gray spiel. And then I want to know, Joe, your thoughts on the character and then the arc of the character in this show. She's, she sticks around for the next five episodes. Marina Hansitz, known professionally as Sasha Gray, is an American actress, model, writer, musician, DJ, and former pornographic film actress. She began her acting career in the pornographic film industry, winning 15 awards for her work between 07 and 2010, including the AVN Award for Female Performer of the Year in 2008. Earlier this year, 2023, she was inducted into to the AVN Hall of Fame. After her 2009 feature film debut as the lead in Steven Soderbergh's The Girlfriend Experience, she starred in some independent films, including Open Windows, Smash Cut, and the horror film Would You Rather?, She's the co-founder, singer, and writer for a band that I'm not going to try to pronounce, a teletine, a telesign. She's the author of a series of novels. She writes, directs, and co-produces films and music videos. And during the 2020 pandemic, she began live streaming on Twitch, where she has now amassed over 1.1 million followers. Joe, what were your thoughts on this at the time in, in 2010 when you saw her? I mean, you probably recognized her. I'm, I, I definitely did. I just... Was it weird to see a porn star chopping up with the boys? Did you like this plot? Do you like it now in retrospect? I I liked it for an episode or two. Yeah. Um, I just didn't like. 
All right. Well, I'm trying to stick to this episode, which I'm just doing a horrible job of. I was about to go into the whole arc. I didn't want to go into the whole arc. No, but you can. Don't do it, dude. Everyone knows what happens. You're yeah. right. It's a big thing. So, um, look, I, I credit the writers for, you know, I, I thought the show went wrong in season four or season really five and six in particular because Vince became like a loser. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the whole point of the show was like, what would it be like if you were a star and you could take your best friends along for the ride? I don't want to see him sucking. And especially that episode where he got fired from smoke jumpers because apparently he's a terrible actor. I'm like, I don't want him to be a terrible actor. Okay. If he falls on some bad luck. I, look, his career took a hit with the Aquaman two thing, but you still respected for him because he had integrity. Now he's, he has no talent. Like what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then they start to get you back. Right. Second half of season six, I think it was. He starts to get big roles again. He's back on top. He gets. He's on cruise control. Season six. He's in Ferrari. You're right. So season six was a good one for him. Yeah. It was the end of season five where it was like, what the fuck? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's in a Scorsese movie. Everything's on the up and up again. You're excited. So then the writers are thinking, all right, we gotta we gotta create some more conflict though. We need something here. They take they use the Sasha Gray, porn star, alcoholic apparently because she wants to drink tequila in the morning. She gets him on that. But as you said, her real life biography, she's like a smart Renaissance type of woman. You mm-hmm. know, she's done a lot of yeah. amazing things. And uh, then, it, it, you know, so she they use her to get him to become an addict. You know, yeah. he becomes a druggie, essentially, which I get the idea of like, hey, this, this happens to stars in Hollywood. I was reading about Jason Bateman, how he struggled with alcohol and drugs in the late 90s, you know, so and he's got a great career. Again, he started off as a star. Right. So I get that using that. But to use the porn star as the gateway to that just felt a little cliche. So I dug her at first. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool and different. And I like that they're showing, hey, I might be getting railed on camera, but I also read a book a week. Remember, that was a big conversation. So I'm like, all right, cool. They're giving her some depth, right? Because she is more serious now. But then it seemed like she was his demise. He went from being this guy that's like, I don't care if she's a porn star to then later being like, I don't want you fucking on camera anymore. Like, yeah, he becomes a stereotype of like a porn girl's boyfriend or something. Yeah. Like that. And then he even meets one of the porn actors she has a scene with. And he was like, hey, I'm a big fan of yours. And he was like, the guy was nice. He probably, you know, which is look, I get it for regular. I'm not yeah. saying I'd be cool with that world. I'd probably be like Vince, too. You shouldn't do this shit anymore. But then again, you got to know who you're getting involved with. So um, and then Vince was like, oh, fuck you to the guy. And it's like. Yeah, you, know. you know she's gonna do the scene so it's like at least be cool to the guy who's banging her i don't know it's like so it's it's a weird fucked up thing with hollywood stuff but um yeah so i just didn't like i felt like it was they were doing too much to the vince character and you way too much way too much and using the porn like if you want him to become an alcoholic or an addict and all that kind of stuff that's a cool angle but mm-hmm. um you know just don't have him become like a I don't know. He was like a little bit of a bitch at the same time. No, yeah, yeah, and and honestly, like using the like you said, using the porn star as the the gateway to that does feel like the the hat trick of like cliches, right? Celebrity cliches. About lazy, exactly. And because Vince has now been famous now, you know, over the span of five or six years, this is his first time being introduced to cocaine. This is his first time being handed some pills or like meeting a girl who likes to drink a lot. Really, that's what we're meant to believe that like. He's introduced it to all of it once, and then he all of a sudden becomes just like this horrible rock bottom version of himself. And you're right. It's interesting. Throughout this episode, Turtle specifically, they compliment her so many times. They're like, oh, wow, you're funny. Oh, wow, you're really funny. Oh, you read books? You like art? You're actually funny? Vince at one point calls her 
the Nets married Tyler Moore. And, and this all feels like very deliberate. It feels like Sasha Gray was like, I will play myself on Entourage and I will even have this porn plot, but I have to be like built up as this like cultured, whatever, well run. And that's great and good for her. She got a great paycheck and was in six episodes of the show at its peak. But what it does to the character, what it does to the, to the crew, it's not good. And now I've yeah. talked about it for the next four weeks, which is not going to be uh, exciting. And uh, let me say this: I never, I think, I think she was a little overrated as a porn star, to be honest. Too. I agree with that too. I was <laughs> never, I was never hotter once. Fan. She's not that. She's she's all right, but like I remember being like, I remember, yeah. I reckon, I remember watching this episode when it came out. Actually, like I said in the, earlier in this podcast, and I wasn't excited about Sasha. I remember, I think me and my friends were like. They could have gotten her. They could have gotten her. They could have gotten her. But they chose her specifically because she showed acting chops in the girlfriend experience. So I get why they used her, but I just, I didn't go like, holy fuck. Like, you know, I would for a few uh, actresses who are around right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Who will remain unnamed in case our wives are listening. Yes, um, definitely. You want to take me to the new art for a Godard double feature? You could use some culture. Who the fuck are you? Just cool chick who likes art and sex. Mmm, I know that's not drama's crappy cooking I smell. Hope you like pancakes. I like the way they smell, so I'm sure I'll like the way they taste. Hey, look, I got Mickey Mouse. Aw, what do you got for me? How about this one? I'd prefer tits. That's fucking rude. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she really is funny. I think a sitcom's in my future. Yeah, the next Mary Tyler Moore. Justice Simpson. So we have a lot of Justice Simpson in this episode. Like you said, this was this was her heyday. She popped on the scene in 97 at the age of 17. She had a debut solo album in 1999, which sold 2 million copies. She had this single, I Want to Love You Forever. She became known for her relationship with Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees. She had a TV reality TV show with him between 03 and 05. She starred as Daisy Duke in The Dukes of Hazard in 05. I didn't know this about her, Joe, and I'm... Why would we know this? But aside from her musical pursuit, she sold 20 million albums worldwide. She launched the Jessica Simpson collection in 2005, which is a fashion-focused line with 34 product categories. And to date, the brand has earned over a billion dollars in revenue, and it is considered the most successful celebrity licensing brand in history. She was Rihanna before Rihanna, apparently. I believe that. And I, I didn't know. I knew she had a something in clothing. I think she was with Kmart's and Walmart's. Oh, and you know, living in uh, the big cities we live in, we're going to not connect with that right away. But sure, Jessica sure. Simpson, her clothing probably killed it in the South. It's also probably why we haven't seen her in two in 20 years, right? Like if, if that's if she started that business in 05 and she's made a billion bucks off of it and she got a huge, huge, huge cut of that. Like, why the fuck would you record a single album or star in a single anything? I'm sure she's a family and is doing well now. But when I'm, at the time seeing this, I was like, oh, yeah, Jessica Simpson. She was a thing. Yeah. Th that's all I, I thought. And now looking back on it now, I'm like, oh man, she really did used to be a thing, but apparently she's sitting on a mountain of money somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know she had some family stuff too. Their dad was doing something. And Ashley Simpson sure. with her nonsense oh, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was one where it's kind of fun to go back. I'm sure you've had this several times when you're watching an episode where you're like, oh, that was a big deal for them to get them at the time. Oh, yeah. And here we are 15, 20 years later, and it's just like, uh, who cares, you know? I guess we're not 20 years later, uh, but uh, you know, 2010 would be 13 years later. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm trying to think what other cameos. You know, we, we pretty much hit the big cameos. I don't know if there's any ones I'm missing at the moment. Stan Lee. We got oh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee and, and Randall Wallace, who wrote uh, yeah. Braveheart. 
Funny thing about right. Braveheart, I, I Wikipedia Braveheart not that long ago. I don't know why. For some reason, I, w- I was thinking <laughs> about something with Braveheart and I decided to Wikipedia and I did not realize that that movie is considered one of the most historical inaccurate movies of all time. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it bummed me out. I mean, there they got some stuff right in the movie, but a lot of stuff they just got plain wrong, like pathetically wrong where you're like, oh, bummer. I've come to that realization with the film Catch Me If You Can. Remember, have you ever seen Catch Me If You Can? With yeah, Leo? I love that. Is that a lot of that not right? Apparently, like, none of that happened. And that that the guy, the Tan man, who it's based off of just conned everyone and lied and said, oh, I flew in planes. And I was, and like, there's no historical record of any of it. So that bummed me out. Because as a kid, when I saw that movie, I think that came out when, when we were, like, 10 or 12. Yeah. Like, it, it really was, I was like, I can't believe someone did this. And uh, it's always a bummer when you go Wikipedia film that you grew up in love and you find out that it was based on something. <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. I thought I thought a lot of it was based on a true story, but maybe just loosely based. Stanley, American comic book writer, editor, publisher, producer. He rose through the ranks of a family-run business called Timely Comics, which would later become Marvel Comics. He was their creative leader for two decades. He led its expansion from a small division of a publishing house to a multimedia corporation that now dominates the film and comic book industry. In collaboration with a few other people at Marvel, particularly co-writers and authors Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, he co-created some iconic characters including Spider-Man, the X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, and Black Widow. He retired from Marvel in the 90s and he remained a public figurehead until his death just, uh, I think, back in 2018. But... His frequently made cameo appearances and the fact that he was an executive producer of every piece of Marvel-like content allowed him to become the highest-grossing person who is in films. So, like, there are highest-grossing actors, like like Scarlett Johansson and, you know, Brad Pitt are up there. But he is just, like, a person in film who has gotten a piece of all that and is worth hundreds of millions of dollars because of it. So, pretty fucking cool, in my opinion. <laughs> no, it's insanely cool. Um, every now and then you have to be reminded because there's a few people here or there where they're like, they're the biggest box office star of all time. And you're like, how? Oh, yeah, they did bit parts and everything. Samuel Jackson was up there for number one for a while. Because even he's in new movies that, that even you have to be like, holy shit, that's right. He was in Jurassic Park. He was in the first mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. I totally that's forgot. Right. Damn. Like, you know. Hold on your butts. Exactly. He just keeps, <laughs> pop, he's just in everything. Um yeah, the Stan, uh, Stan Lee one was great. Uh, I actually didn't love Vince's response to meeting him. Vince was just he like, was just like a clown. acting like a complete piece of shit. Like, you're, you're meeting Stan Lee, dude. Yeah, Even legend. 2010 was still a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Obviously, the MCU was just in its infancy at that point. I think Iron Man 2 was about to come out. Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on, man. Like, you can't just say, pleasure meeting you. You should have been like, it is an absolute honor just to be in this office you're such an icon and stan would have been like stop 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 and that's how it should have been right um and then stan could have been like no i'm sorry what do i know you from yeah. the whole gag there was like stan an old man has watched porn an old man point. has watched yeah. porn and he yeah. definitely recognizes sasha from something you know so which that i think that gag's been used in other stuff before oh yeah whenever a porn star has gone mainstream where do I know you from? Yeah, what do I, ha, 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 you know? I always wanted to fuck the Hulk when I was younger. Is that weird? Uh, a little. What about Aquaman? You want to fuck him? I like the sequel better. I'm kidding. Look, the shocker. You're gross. <laughs> oh, you're sick. And you're so you're innocent. Sick. You're, you're sick. an innocent girl, you're huh? You're sick. Vince, Randall and Stan are ready for you. We're ready for them? Yeah. Vinny hey. Chase. Randall, so good to see you again. You too. This is Sasha. 
And this is the man, the myth, the legend, Stan Lee. Hi. So nice to meet you, Stan. Oh, you as well. <laughs> and Sasha. Oh, you look familiar. Well, Sasha just did Steven Soderbergh's The Girlfriend Experience. Oh, I didn't see that. What else have you done? <laughs> I've done a bunch of stuff. Really? Anything I've seen? Uh, she's done dozens of independents. <clears throat> At your age? Boy, that's terrific. <laughs> Joe, uh, not to put you on the spot, but who's your favorite like comic book character? The funny thing is, normally on my shelf here, I have a Thor, a Captain America, and an Iron Man, like little, uh, they're Happy Meal toys, but people think they're Funko oh, Pops cool. that are just out of the box. <laughs> they're not. And um, I had them there, but my three-year-old son took them off to play. Uh, That's awesome. So uh, Thor. Thor is my favorite nice. these days. He didn't used to be. He won me over in the movies. Growing up, it would have been... It was like a tie between Wolverine and Gambit. I was a big X-Men. X-Men I was really big on. I, I liked Spider-Man and stuff. And the Batman movies were always great. I was never into the Batman comic books. The animated series in the 90s was pretty solid, though, the Batman yeah. series. Uh, that's actually where I learned that there was an episode of Batman where he was under some spell, and he knew he was in a, a dream world that the Riddler put him in because in the dream he could read. And apparently in, in real life, this is a real-life thing, you dream with the left side of your brain, you read with the right side. So in your dreams, you can't read. That made sense. I don't think I've ever read anything in a dream. I must have been 10 or 11 when I saw the episode. But from that moment on, I will be in a dream and I'll see street signs. And then my brain goes, wait a minute. And then I look at the street signs and I'm like, that doesn't say Montrose. That, <laughs> there's an M, but it's a bunch of other yeah. weird little things. I can yeah. actually, but I'm associating it with Montrose yes. for whatever reason. Your brain that's will naturally insane. be like, oh, that says Montrose. But then I've gotten, I've conditioned myself. So anytime I've read anything in a dream, I will wake up shortly after because I know that I'm not supposed to be able to read that. And then I know it's a dream. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? Jettison out of their inception style. That's great. This is Dreams 101 with Joe Tildall, and that was great. I, I didn't know that. That's fucking fascinating. And I got that from Batman the Animated Series, <laughs> which is DC, it's not Marvel. Who says a Tom Woods can't teach kids anything? Some rigid bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I usually do like best and worst celebrity cameo. I can't, I it's exhausting trying to like rank these, but. So I, I'm going to say mine personally is I did not love the Tyson cameo for a couple reasons. So I wrote a, a piece for Complex back in 2019. I ranked every Entourage cameo. It was to promote this podcast. And uh, of the 120 plus cameos, I ranked Tyson at 118. He was in the bottom like five. And here's what I wrote. Iron Mike trying to rehab his image. It's a funny idea, but it doesn't come across as genuine. It almost comes across as him lobbying for more screen time in the upcoming Hanover sequel. Also, why did he insist on having his kids on set that day? And is that why they're crawling all over Ari's desk? It feels like something that Mike insisted on. Like, well, I want my kids in the scene too. And like, they just threw them on set and had Piven like act off of Tyson's two real life kids. So that, I don't know, it just kind of bothered me. And then just the whole, like, you know, I'm trying to rehab my image. I want to dispense some of this worldly wisdom that I picked up on my journey in life. It's funny, but I didn't think it was good. And I, you know, I, I much more prefer Stan Lee, Sasha Gray, even like uh, Aaron Sorkin to, to Tyson. But that's just me personally. Was there one of the cameos that you liked the least? I, you nailed it. I, I wish I could say, if I said something different, I would be just saying it to be different. Um, and I know typically you want the guests to have a different opinion than yours, I'm sure. But I really can't. I'd be making it up. Uh, like I said before, Jessica Simpson initially kind of threw me off and I didn't like Ari's begging her. I'm sure at the time it didn't dawn on me, but looking back, I'm like, what the fuck are you begging Jessica Simpson, dude? Like, yeah. come on, she's a pop star. Yeah. There are a diamond dozen. But you're right. The Mike Tyson one I just did not enjoy because even Simpson, who I initially said I wasn't thrilled about, her and Sorkin crossing paths seemed to serve a purpose. 
Yeah. Even their little banter together talking about Ari. I, yeah, that was enjoyable enough. Um, so there was a purpose there, right? Tyson, it just like, like you said, we rehabbing an image here and all. It just felt a little bit whatever. And then the Bob Saget seemed to make sense too, because John Stamos and Bob Saget are good friends in real life. It would make sense to put it in. Saget's appearances usually have at least a couple gems. Like you guys talking about ass sex, like, you know, there's always something to it. And then of course, Stan Lee is Stan Lee and yeah. going to do a movie franchise. So why wouldn't he yeah. Um, I guess Randall Wallace isn't considered because no one knew what the fuck Randall Wallace looked like before he was on Entourage. He's a writer. He wrote Braveheart and he wrote a couple other yeah. big movies, but He's like a director too. Director, yeah. Yes. He, he was in two, he was, you haven't watched, but he was, he was introduced two episodes ago. Scott Lab art gallery. Him to Vince. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, the art gallery. I do remember that. Yeah. So it wasn't even a cameo. It's his second appearance. That's right. Um, yeah, you're right. I do remember that. What I need really is a steady, respectable job. You know, something nine to five, you know? I need more structure in my life. Okay, I'm, I'm not following you. Are you talking about something in sales? Because I think the intimidation factor could work in your favor or it could be a liability. No, no, I want to do a real TV show, a real one. Okay. Uh, scripted, scripted. Scripted. I can see you being like the next detective on like a CSI, huh? No, like, no, I want to do the Black Brady Bunch. I'm trying to rehab my image. I want to dispense some of this worldly wisdom that I picked up on my journey in life. And then if Bobby doesn't listen to you, you bite his ear off. That was, that was a joke, Mike. <laughs> but it wasn't funny, Ari, okay? Well. It just wasn't funny. Listen, I'm going to get into it. I also have a call into Todd Phillips to make sure that he puts you in that hangover sequel. Hey, Todd Phillips knows not to fuck me out of that sequel. I need more money and I need more talking time. Listen, you got it. I just need one thing from you. I need a commitment to this agency. Don't fuck me, all right? Every week we talk about perks, like what, what's the best perk that's in this? And I think for me, it's just like Vince picking up a porn star at the bar and like just leaving with her and them literally being like, we're going to bed and him being like, she's going to teach me, uh, a couple things it's like that's pretty fucking cool like I, i've never seen one of my friends did that perk and then i guess him just hopping in his ferrari drunk and apparently with a vicodin in him and bringing the porn star to a very very important business meeting i don't know if i would consider all that a perk but like just something that like none of us normal folk would ever get to do in, in my opinion yeah that's a fun perk i like that yeah. one um I guess even though at the time i kind of was like "Ooh, sasha slow down yeah uh drinking the tequila in the morning is a sure. perk that is something yeah. that only because again the the beautiful thing about this show and what made it such a massive hit and a fun watch is the escapism aspect of it it's like what would you do and the idea that like hey it's it's, it's california it's sunny outside i'm rich have a drink. i got nowhere to go yeah. have a drink <laughs> and that's like well you do have somewhere to go a meeting and then it's like still it's a fucking meeting i can have a shot at tequila come on uh but then he ends up blowing that which that part was like you fucking amateur you couldn't conceal <laughs> that you're doing and by the way two shots I guess two yeah. shots on an empty stomach yeah. in the morning. Yeah, those pancakes. He yeah. was making pancakes. That's right. That's the thing, too. Hey, I could cook. Yeah. I'm rich. Me. And uh, or yeah. I'm very, you know, she. they were trying to show how well-rounded she is, but she can still serve her man pancakes after she rocks his <laughs> world. Damn, Sasha. All right. I've talked myself into being a Sasha fan again. A little overrated. But yeah. So, yeah, that yeah, was the, the tequila in the morning was like a cool. All right. That's a nice little world you live in there where you could do something like that. Joe, if this episode aired today, how would it be different plot-wise? I think the like the Marvel plot still plays, right? Like I think the Marvel plot would have played big time and he wouldn't have been as in, you know, like because like Chris Pine in real life, uh, um, not Chris Pine, Chris Evans went from Human Torch 
which, yeah. you know, that was kind of considered a failure to do in Captain America. So he could go from Aquaman to being another superhero. That That's all totally realistic. I think he would have been more like, holy shit, I'm, it's a Marvel meeting. Let's not fuck around. So he would have had the Stan Lee, you're a legend greeting that he should have had. Um, trying to think what would have played differently. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the language that Ari uses, it's everything Ari related. You wouldn't have him angry fucking his wife in it. Um, the <laughs> anal sex scene probably still plays, but if they were going to 2023 it, they would have made it licking butt instead. Yeah, I was about to say, like the anal sex thing wouldn't even be a plot point because sex acts have been like normalized so much. It would almost be more intense. Like that conversation with Scott Drama, Turtle, and E would be like, you guys aren't polyamorous, bro. You yeah. aren't inviting like other people into your bedroom. You're, Scott's going to go home and rail your wife, bro. That's what we all do. And it'd, just be, it'd be totally normal. <laughs> just like, well, I mean, that part of it's a little bit much. But yeah, you're, you're, you know, but you know what I mean? I know, like, I know, it would just, yeah. uh, but they definitely would have had to make it more. Cause again, that seems basic. And the guys wouldn't have been that intent with it. They'd have been like, you haven't had her lick your ass. That's yeah, what they would have yeah. been like. You got to get her to lick your butthole, dude. What are you missing out? And he'd be like, poo comes out of there. It's like, oh, grow up. You don't wash. You don't do this. You don't do that. Like it would have yeah. been a more, you know, they would probably have slipped in an advertisement for like um, whatever sure. people use down there or something or whatever <laughs> the new male douches or something. I don't know. Uh, Johnny would have some humiliating story with oh, that, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but I'm sure a lot of the, the, the definitely the scene that I felt like would have been like, this isn't okay for television. would be like Ari, like, the, the way he was having sex with his wife where it was like, dude, yeah, very aggressive. <laughs> and, and, and in the middle of it, admitting what you're doing, yeah. taking out my bad. And her not Dan. enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't give a fuck if you're enjoying this. I'm taking out my bad Dan, you. I'm sorry. I got to angry hurt you. Like you're hurting her, dude. Like that, um, that would, that plot, that would have to be completely changed out because, and it should have been back. Like what we said earlier, it shouldn't have been like that before. So if anyone even thinks like, oh, you're going to make this woke. I'm like, that isn't woke. That was a shitty scene then, you know? So um completely agree. Yeah. I would also say no, no Sasha Gray porn star, but maybe like an OnlyFans girl. And she's way richer than all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like she's paying for, she's like, all right, I'm going to go down my jet. <laughs> it takes off and it's, you know, they don't know who she is, but she's got like Dubai money coming in or something like that. Something a little scandalous. And she would have been way more angry at the, oh, you don't think I read, asshole? Like, you know. <laughs> Just constantly filming content. She's like, oh, I need to like film a scene in your kitchen really quick. Like, can you guys help or something like that? And then the last thing, this is just like a just something I noticed in rewatching is I watched these episodes like two or three times. This is probably a very deliberate choice for 2010 is like as actors, they need something to constantly be doing, but we're in Ari and E's office a lot in this episode. And they are constantly walking office to office, carrying, handing and receiving like stats of paper, which you would assume are like scripts and letters and what, but that just would not happen in 2023. A, does nobody's in an office. B, does everything's electronic and C, because like a script can be emailed over to. It's just so funny watching like, E walked into an office, picked up a sheet of paper, then go into his office and pick up more papers and then start like looking through the papers. You're just like, what is this? This doesn't make sense anymore to me. So that's me overanalyzing a little bit, Joe. That's what I have No, to I agree that. though. I agree. There's there's some inner office stuff that definitely has changed over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I, it, it, you reminded me that, you know, I, I do auditions and stuff and it's all self-tape now. So now there'd be some boardroom where they're just like, all right, click the next link, upload the next yeah. clip. Let's see, you know, yeah. and- uh, them making fun of someone's shitty apartment and stuff like that in the background and all that kind of stuff. It really does suck auditioning nowadays. At first I liked it cause I'm like, Oh, I don't have to go look for parking. I don't have to like, you know, go downtown. I don't have to go to some casting office. It was great. 
now they they're sending stupid scripts where it's like i i need to hire my friends to come read this for me now that you think they'd simplify where it's just you and another person talking i, I told my wife i'm like can you play three roles <laughs> no i'm a fucking full-time nurse and a mother i don't have time for this shit don't get me wrong i want you to get the part but like why are they doing this i'm like i know it's so annoying i've told this i've talked about this before but i'm a creative director in my in my day job so i've been the guy on the other end of the line watching those and it's not it's not easy for us either joe because because usually it's not me it's like the brand or the director is looking for something very specific but we'll see everybody yeah i'll see you if i'm even if i'm looking for a female or like a you know a tall black dude and it's just like but we'll see them and maybe we'll see something in them or maybe the client will see something in them and it just sucks for everyone in this circumstance because we know how much you got you actors and comedians put into this and then as the creatives on the other side, I'm like, I just need to find the guy so I can move on to the next stage of this thing. It's, it sucks. The whole thing is, the whole thing has created the character of Johnny Drama is what it is. Yeah, like. no, totally. <laughs> At first it was great. And now I think, oh, we got to just go back to the, I, I think work from home is great. But I think as far as us going there, it's nice with the casting director because they can tell you, change it this way a little bit. Because they actually get notes where it's like, they know what, I remember I got, when I booked a, a role on Chicago Med, I went in with one way and then she goes, try it this way. And I go, oh, oh yeah, it makes sense now. And I tried it that way. And then I got the call back. And then from the call back, I got, you know, all from that tip that the casting director gave me when I'm at home, they don't give you the notes. They want you, your interpretation, which I understand that, but it's nice to have another person there to be like, or maybe, you know, and, and they're making it, it's just, it's a little more difficult nowadays to try to get, it's a, not to bitch about our jobs or anything like that. Cause again, at the end of the day, it's, it's still great to work in this creative yeah. space. Absolutely. Sits man. Every week we talked about who came in and just like made best use of their minutes. There's a lot of people who are eligible because it's just such little like vignettes of all these different characters and actors. We kind of always give it to Scotty Lavin, the Scott Con character. We can give it to him if you want, but I mean, you could say Saget, you could say Stanley, you could say. I think I'm gonna go with Saget actually. I think because his his appearance was great. I, I liked I liked just even how he introduced himself in the episode. Hey, uh, E, let me see your phone. <laughs> oh, your phone is working. I've sent, I sent you four messages. Like just the way he did it. He's like, oh, let me see that phone. I might want to get that model. He played it that way. Like he's like, what? You don't think I have a BlackBerry already? Forget that's another dated thing. They talked about the BlackBerry like it was you know the iPhone 15. I have a I have a BlackBerry, Bob. Like everybody does. <laughs> the stock's going for two bucks a share. Yeah. Um. So that was and and then you know he had the great line there and then even later he was sympathetic towards Johnny. Mm-hmm. You could tell it's like I didn't go taking this role because I don't like you, John. It was nothing personal. Like, and you believed him, mm-hmm. you know? So I, that's why Bob Saget's definitely my sixth man. Sad. You think if I call you four times, it could maybe be something important. I don't call anybody four times in a row unless I'm trying to fuck them. Yeah. It's just perfect. Like perfect. It works. That's, that's perfect. Sad. Yep. Let's give it to sad. Hey, Bob. Hey, Eric. What kind of phone do you use? Blackberry. Blackberry. Can I see it? Why? Well, I'm thinking of switching, but I don't want to do anything rash, so I want to see it first. May I? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Christ. What? I have a BlackBerry, Eric. I just rolled through your calls. You haven't changed your number. I called you four times this morning, and you ignored me. I just walked in the door, Bob. You were going to be my first call. You think if I call you four times, it could maybe be something important? I don't call anybody four times in a row unless I'm trying to fuck them. Bob, I'm here now, so what's so important? Favorite drama moment? Maybe like his, I don't know, what do you think of him like melting down in E's office where he just said, I'll kill Bob Sad, I'll kill him. And he's like, well, you know, Phil brought him the strips, and then I'll kill Phil. And you know what we haven't heard from Stamos? I'll kill Stamos. It's just like that crazy neurotic angst just like bubbling over as he's watching literally his career 
implode in front of any other funny moments besides that and the uh just the the baseball bat i don't don't really have anything no as far as johnny goes he was good with the ass conversation i think that's good that's it's some yeah. classic Johnny there with uh, the temper and, and heightening it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that that summarized him pretty good. This episode was a lot of like, again, like we mentioned earlier, everybody listening, it was a lot of setup for the next episode. It's, it's a crucial episode. It's one of those episodes where it's like, all right, not like amazing, but once the season's completed, you understood why you needed that bridge episode. I feel like yeah. to call these things. Um, Johnny was solid. He kind of was got sad, you know. He went through his, you know, bipolar emotions, whatever you want to call them, manic. I think where it's just like, I'll kill fucking everybody. This is my career. <laughs> Fuck Stamos. They're all fucking me. Everyone's out to get me. That Johnny thing, and then later being like, Oh, you're fucking right, Bob. I'm, I'm just tired. You know, that's just how I think he's just mentally tired because he feels like he, he finally got out of that hole of, you know, when's where's my next gig to being right back where it was because he just couldn't control his temper. I'll kill Bob Sack. No, I'm serious. I will actually kill him. Did you talk to Phil about this? No, he's not returning my calls. Then I'll kill Phil. He's probably dealing with the network. You have to learn to be a little patient, drama. Have you at least heard from Stamos? Yes. He loves it and he would do it with you. But he and Bob are best friends, so what's he supposed to do? It's not called show friends, it's called show business. Drama, you need to calm down. No, no, no. You gotta get up and get angry. This script is written for me. And Bob Saget steals it. Uh, we've kind of talked about Ari. Ari's had a lot of groveling moments. I don't think he didn't have. I don't think he really had any good moments this episode. If I'm being honest with you, hate fucking his wife, groveling to three different celebrities, and then at the end, him trying to have like a romantic moment with his wife, and then Amanda Daniels calling him and like threatening him with I don't know what. I mean, that's the most progressive of anything. She's like, I've got Lizzie here with me, and she's been taking notes. Yeah. It's like, damn, like what you know. Cancel culture at its finest way back in 2010. It was way that back. was cool to see. Yeah, that was cool. Um, his wife looks so good too. It's like there's so many scenes throughout this series where it's like, dude, don't answer your fucking phone, man. <laughs> how is it? All all you do is bitch about how no one answers your calls. Be that guy for a little bit. Um, which he is sometimes to E, but like there, there are times where I'm just like, dude, look at that lady. She's gorgeous. The phone rings while E is inside Sloan's rear end and she's like don't you even think about it. what's your ringer doing on <laughs> like just put it in another room yeah yeah. <laughs> uh yeah there's definitely some stupid parts to it there um oh we're talking about the, here's a line from ari that would not fly today lloyd starts to fall in love with the dog that they're going to give the justice <laughs> oh, Simpson. Yeah. and ari says you'll have to cook something else for dinner <laughs> <laughs> pulls the dog away from That's him pretty fun yeah it's it is funny but would not be okay (laughs) that's something you say to your friend that you've known for 20 years yeah that is something that ari could say to lloyd because they had at that point they had that bond where lloyd was like fine with it but i just we're talking from they were hbo would be like not even us could just they'd let you get away with one of those here or there because obviously you could still do some shit but that one i feel like they'd be like not right now that's like someone handing Hickey or Kildall in a taste of beer and being like, hey, take this over there and trying to drink it the whole way yeah. <laughs> over there. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, we'd like some left. I, I got it. I'm Irish. I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Very cliched. That's a fun cliche, though. <laughs> we're, not, we're not eating dog. Two questions left, Joe. Who besides Vince won this episode? And I would argue Vince doesn't win this episode. He usually wins, like, every week because he's the A-list movie star. I mean, I guess he fucks a porn star, but, like, 
I don't know. But so who who besides Vince? Sasha wins the episode when I think about it. Because that's actually true. Vince yeah. could have won the episode if he didn't make himself look like such a fucking amateur. Like, yeah. dude, you, you've had one night with her and you're making out with her in the lobby when you're about to meet Stan Lee. You're not taking that like, you know. You're not just going to be like, you want to go home and shower? I'll pick you up after this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. You're bringing her with you? Like, and you're even asking her, what do you think of this shirt? Like, I don't know. He just, he came off just really like, uh, as, uh, as today's kids would say, simp. He was a simp. Mm. That's good. Yeah, yeah the word good simp, everybody. Um, <laughs> she wins because she is 100% herself and totally unapologetic. And she gets to meet Stan Lee, right? That wasn't in her morning. Her morning That's went true. From, I'm making pancakes to, and then I'm drinking tequila. And now I'm meeting a legend. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, so she, she's my MVP. That's great. And she, this is her showcase. We get to hear all about all the other things she does. She wants to go to a museum later. She's, But she is immediately getting her hooks into Vince. And we're seeing it. And we've all seen that happen to our one of our boys. We see him fall too quickly and kind of get tangled up in a trap or a web of a woman who may or may not uh, have ill intentions. So, And I don't th- even think the Sasha character has ill intentions. I think she's just into Vince, and Vince just sees her as his gateway to this whole other thing that I'm going to deal with for the next five weeks. Last question, Joe, and this is always fun. And thank you again for joining us to talk uh, Entourage. Was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage? We can do pluses and minuses. A, B, or D, eh? Um, and thank you yeah. for having me. God, I want to say D, but you know I'll give it a B minus. Wow. I'll give it a B minus or maybe D plus. I'm torn with what I have. Too. You have D plus? I have a D plus. All right. I'll I hate go. the anal plot. I, hate, I think it's so stupid. The anal plot is so stupid. Yeah, I'm going to go... <laughs> Because you already gave it a D plus, I don't want to copy you. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> say B minus. Okay. And it's because I watched the episode right after. <laughs> it's, it's cheating in a way. As a standalone episode, D plus. As a arc, it was an important piece to the arc, even though it wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of resolve in any sort of way. You know, even yeah. Ari, like you felt like, all right, cool, he's got the clients back. Lizzie's got nothing. Lizzie's got everything. E. He doesn't do like he gets some good shit with the paperwork, but then finds out you know, there's just not nothing. Any victory yeah. you think no, no character had any kind of win, you know, maybe turtle had a win because he got, He's got Vince on board, right? Vince yeah. On board. Vince is on board. about yeah. it. But even he seems so like he just didn't seem strong. In any of his scenes really. It's true. Turtles had a rough season. He's like been his car business went under, but we, this is this Avion thing is the, the big payday for him. And it's, it's great to see. And that's, off to a rocky start with Vince as the spokesperson, but we'll get there. I think there's just also the one too many celebrity cameos, the Tyson cameo, not my favorite. So overall in this season, it's probably a little bit better, but as an Entourage episode, didn't love it. But I love this. This was a lot of fun, Joe. Thank you for joining us. Love it too. Once again, maybe we can have you back in season eight when things are even more off the rails. I don't know. We've got 12, 15 more of these to go. Let me know, man. I'm down. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah find you, follow you, watch you, listen to you? Uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. I've got like almost three hours of stand-up comedy content out there, so plus podcast clips. And my next special will be coming out sometime in May. I don't have an exact date, but we'll lock that down very soon. That will be also available on YouTube. So uh, thanks again. Thank you. Check Joe out if you are in Chicago or he's coming to your city. And I will talk to everyone next Monday. <laughs>